0: I struggle with whether we should start our t- on time, or do I wait for the rest of our? Do I wait for the rest of our family? From a behavior standpoint, that just enforces reinforces their. <laughs> but if I'm not preaching, I'm usually one of the ones that's late as well. So I want to have some grace. <laughs> it's good to see everybody. really excited to share with you guys today. Um, For me getting up in front of you, um, the process that I go through, I mean I won't go through all of the process, but I'll at least give you some insight in what goes on in my mind and in my heart, um, is I don't want to stand up here and be a hypocrite. I don't want to stand up here and give you anything Uh, that I wouldn't first use uh, or try uh, myself. Um, It's a bummer that I feel like I have to say that out loud to you. (laughs) But I do want you to know that. Um, For today's contemplative service, um, it's coming right out of some uh, conversations that we've been having in our Thursday night uh, Enneagram class. Uh, In particular, this class is not an introduction to the enneagram, um, but it is going deeper and using the enneagram and the wisdom of that tool to work with our own personal reactivity. Um, meaning, uh, so the buzzword, right? That I think means way too many things right now. But uh, this idea of getting triggered by somebody else, you know, people, people, situations, things, places. Y- y'all feel me, right? Y'all are with me. So in that class, um, we have been um, talking a lot about you know, how do we use this wisdom of the Enneagram and the knowledge of our own type patterns um, to work with reactivity. One of the things that we have um, discussed a lot about, and um, I've been doing a lot of research on, and I don't want it to be limited just to our Thursday night class. Um, but something we 've been looking at a lot at is um, not only richard Rohr 's um, uh, kind of understanding of how the cosmos uh, works and what it means to go inward, um, but also hi <laughs> uh, but also um, he has a colleague by the name of Cynthia Bourgeau, for just for my own uh, i don 't know, we can call it ego. Um, Would you mind raising your hand if you've ever heard of Cynthia Bourgeau? Awesome. Awesome. Um, A quick thing about her, and then we'll get into today's service. Uh, And it's a real quick thing, but um, Cynthia uh, works alongside Father Richard Rohr at the Center for um, Contemplation and Action in New Mexico. Uh, She is the Dr. Reverend Cynthia Bourgeau. She is an Episcopal priest, and she was also a student of Thomas Keating, and if you're familiar with that name at all, um, Keating is responsible for um, bringing us the centering prayer, uh, which is a way of um, getting into stillness and and meeting with God in stillness and in quiet. Um, And the reason that she's come up a lot for me lately, and I, I think I've already told this story twice this morning, so forgive me if I'm a parrot for some of you. Um, Some of Rohr's books and some of Rohr's talks, um, and I know this to be true for some of you, but some of Father Rohr's books were really helpful and instrumental in me unraveling um, some of the theology uh, that I had acquired uh, in my first half of life. Uh, Another term that we use for that is deconstructing. Um, And I'm in a phase right now where those same books and same authors and same um, conversations that they're having are also putting things back together for me um, in a refreshing and beautiful and new way. Uh, And in revisiting, um, going back and revisiting some of Rohr's stuff, he kept bringing up this name, Cynthia. And in particular, when the topic of the universal or cosmic Christ would come up, which, man, I'm going to bring up a topic and I'm just going to say, if you want to know more about that and you don't know, please ask me later, but we're going to pause that one. But I will say this, anytime that topic would come up, um, which was Roar's last book, by the way, The Universal Christ, he would often say something to the effect of, you know what, Cynthia Bourgeau is going to be with you tomorrow or she's going to be here next week and she can explain this much better to you than I can. For me, I had heard that enough and was like, okay, it's time for me to go sit, uh, sit with Cynthia for a little bit. And I got to tell you, um, she gave me, we all know the diamond here right now, right? She gave me a new angle. She gave me a new perspective on contemplation and how cool that we have a faith community that is a part of our DNA, is a part of our rhythm, that we have these contemplative Sundays. And so to expand... Uh, your understanding of contemplation, and hopefully to give you some resources uh, in your pursuit of contemplation and sitting with God. Uh, I'd like to share some of, her, some of the stuff I have found from her with you today. Can I get a thumbs up if that's cool with everybody? Awesome. Thanks. My last substitute teaching position this week was in an elementary school classroom, so I think my uh, classroom management style is uh, with fifth grade. I apologize if that's patronizing. (laughs) Uh, Can we go to that first slide, Jared? So I want you guys to sit with this for a moment. I'd like to present this little shiny nugget of a quote to you the reason i call it shiny is uh i get these things stuck in my head for weeks on end and it's just like this shiny little thing that i can't keep my mind off of and i want to i want to experience it and i want to examine it and i want to dissect it this comes to us from saint gregory the great out of the sixth century And this really, this quote for me is setting our intention, setting the stage uh, for our time together today. That contemplation is knowledge impregnated with love. Can we go to the next slide? Here's how Cynthia puts it. Contemplation is knowledge obtained while the mind is in the heart. Contemplation is knowledge obtained while the mind is in the heart. A couple of things I want to say about that. And this is Contemplative Sunday, so I should use less words. But a couple of things I'd like to say about this. You guys know that I'm an Enneagram practitioner. Um, the language that we use uh, when we're doing Enneagram work is that um, our goal is to be in a state of receptivity. Our goal is to be in a state where we are open and able to receive from Ruach, the spirit of God, from the divine, we want to be open, a conduit. Does that kind of all make sense? When I'm restricted, right? When that flow gets cut off, reactivity, when someone cuts me off on the freeway, when I see a commercial, when I see the news, when I look at a colleague, you guys are all with me. When I just get that thought, and now I'm closed off. I love the poetic language that Cynthia uses, that if I really want to be in a state of receptivity, if I want to gain knowledge from the divine, then I must learn how to get my head into my heart being open, being receptive. Because conversely, when I'm not, when I'm restricted, when I'm closed off, my ego is now interacting with the situation. And the strategy that my ego chooses, uh, it prioritizes certain uh, pieces of data over other pieces of data. And it judges situations and people and says, this is good and this is bad. One of the byproducts of getting our mind into our heart in a state of contemplation is that dualistic thinking, this is good, this is bad, this is in, this is out, this is sacred, this is secular. When our minds are in our hearts, you'll find that dualistic thinking is pretty impossible to even happen. That we can be in a state of of receptivity and non-dualistic thinking, meaning that we are receiving knowledge from the divine not just informed from our ego and as we like to say a lot of us right when we're in our ego we are now the protagonists in our own story and all the rest of you are the antagonists y'all feel me cool let's go to the next screen please so i'll read this for our friends online We all have different ways of getting swept out of the present moment, out of reality as it is, and into our old autopilot reactive ways of thinking. The result is that we lose receptivity with God and our ego takes the front seat. Guys, we do this, well, I do this in prayer. My ego takes the front seat in prayer. We were just talking about it in the back corner before you all walked in. How I'm sure we could all confess it, but I'll just raise my hand for you. I'll be your surrogate hand raiser. We've all done it where we pull out little genie Jesus (laughs) and our ego is front and center and we pet him just right and ask for all the things that our ego needs to make our day exactly how we want as opposed to allowing things to be as they are. Go to the next slide, please. I love paleontologists. That's awesome.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. Hi, Rachel. Hi. It's so good to see you. There's some...
0: It's all good. I, I just... Like I'm competing with another like teacher. They sound smarter than me. No worries, sister, it's fine. Um, So the intention for today's uh, contemplative service is to get our minds into our hearts. Um, I recognize that this is going to be a first time for a lot of you of of just sitting in in contemplation and learning how to do this. There is no promise that you are going to learn how to get your head into your heart in a matter of one service. But I can't wait to give you a tool and a resource for you to practice this on your own so that you can draw closer to the divine. Uh, Today we'll be using three different practices that will help us. And the reason I have it in quotes there, to go down and in. Um, This is one of my teacher, Helen Palmer's. This is one of her favorite phrases for us to get into a state of receptivity. But it's time to go down and in, down and in. And I, I think that that's the start of getting our minds into our hearts. Next slide, please. So the first resource that we will be using is a breath prayer. It's the Yahweh breath prayer. I'll explain this to you guys shortly when we get into it. Uh, Again, uh, I, along with some of you in here, have been introduced uh, to this by Father Richard Rohr. Uh, And the intention on that prayer, on that uh, practice, is to put our attention on our breath. And I'll just say this once really quick, uh, but it's very important to remember Um, it's a law of behavior where our attention goes our energy and behavior follows it's really important to know when you're working with receptivity bless you Um, because in receptivity my attention is usually going to what's pissing me off whether it's the situation or you (laughs) right um so if we can put our attention on our breath this is a reset this is a brain hack this is the ability to, to go down and in, to, to open ourselves back up, bless you, to combat some of that constriction that's happening. So the first one is putting our attention on the breath. The second uh, practice that we'll be doing is a mantra prayer. And I will give you a mantra that we will repeat on the in-breath and on the out-breath. And the focus of this one is to keep our minds curious while you have this mantra and pay attention to what's going on in your mind what's going on in your body, uh, what's going on in your spirit, if you can sense that, your heart, your emotions. And then the third practice is a centering prayer. And the focus of centering prayer is learning to return to the present moment and stillness. Now, the way this is going to look is we're going to start with the Yahweh breath prayer. And then after a short period of time, I'm going to transition to us Uh, into a chant. And so I recognize, man, I was really hesitant to do this today. I recognize that this might be strange for some of you. But I do want to point out, you come and sing songs, and you got used to that. Chanting, our brothers and sisters have been doing this for thousands of years. They do it all over the world. I hope that you're able to at least just sit there and not have to, like, get up and leave. But at the most, that you're able to participate as well. So we will do a Yahweh breath prayer and then i'm going to get us into a chant and i'll i'll show you i'll explain how that works and from there we will go into a time of centering prayer so our attention will be on the breath and the yahweh prayer and then i will do a chant and then it's on stillness and i'll explain centering prayer in a second then after that we would go to the mantra prayer and the same way we'll do the mantra prayer for a little bit we'll take a pause I'll do a chant. We'll do a chant together on stillness, and then we'll go into a centering prayer. So I want to explain to you what the chant will be. If you can go to the next slide, please. And I've actually done this with you guys before, but not in a chant version. But we've done this on a contemplative Sunday where we took this um, beautiful text out of Psalms. Um, be still and know that I am God. This is the impetus for the centering prayer, by the way. that it's um, Notice that it's be still and know. And think about that quote from the beginning too, right? Knowledge obtained while the head is in the heart. It's not be still and anything else. It's be still and know. So we will go into a chant where we will say, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. Be still and be. I will do the chant. Feel free to, to join in with me when I'm doing it. Um, if you want to sit there quietly, that's fine as well. Um, if you want to try harmonizing or anything like that, like whatever, whatever feels like resonates with you. And part of it is 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 uh, unified focal attention, which is really beautiful when we're all focusing on the creator. Um, So we would go into a chant, and then we'll go into a centering prayer. Can you hit that one up next, please? I know this is a lot of instruction. I'm giving it to you up front, and then I'll obviously walk you through this. But two things in centering prayer that I think is uh, really important. Um, First of all, um, choose a special word. Um, People use words uh, maybe more traditional, like Jesus, or God, or spirit, or ruach, or wind, or breath or love. In centering prayer, I often choose the word open because it's my intention, is to open up and be receptive. And the reason we choose a word, um, I think I have that parenthetically there, uh, it's like tying a string to our finger like to remind us to do something. And in centering prayer, the goal is to keep on returning to the moment. And so here's how the, the special word, uh, how it, it anchors us to the present moment. Anytime your mind is on a thought, and a thought is anything that your attention goes to other than the present moment, anytime your mind goes to that, I'll remember my word open. And I heard Cynthia actually say this recently in a talk. She says for her, her special word, it's like windshield wipers that just kind of clear off the thoughts so that she can just be back into the present moment again. And so there's there's nothing magical about your word um, there's nothing you know, inherently divine about it necessarily. It's just a word to, to remind you of your intention when you notice that you've been swept up in thought. And here's something that's important, regardless if it's good or bad, even if you're having a moment and you feel like you're receiving from the center of the universe, right? You notice it, you let it go, and you come back to the present moment. There's a story that she shared. Uh, she, Cynthia Bourgeau, um, in doing this at one of her retreats, uh, and a nun came up. She was with Thomas Keating, and a nun came up to to Father Keating and said, "I'm I just I'm the worst at centering prayer. I just can't do it. My mind left like ten thousand times uh, during that practice. And in true, uh, you know, Father wisdom, Keating says. How beautiful that you had 10,000 opportunities to return to God. The practice of centering prayer, it's flexing that muscle. It's strengthening that muscle, that will and intention to be still. Not to be still and go in and rush all your demands and your, your requests at the king of the universe, but to be still and receive. Amen. Right. With that being said, we're first going to do the Yahweh breath prayer. So, if you can get uh, comfortable, whatever comfortable means to you, ideally, that's the key word, ideally, your feet would be on the floor, feeling that you're supported. If you can sit as straight as possible without it hurting or being uncomfortable, that's ideal as well. Letting your hands just kind of loosely in your lap. I'll explain how we'll do this, um, this breath prayer. In our attention, we will put it on our breath. And after a few minutes, we'll pause and we will start our chant and going to the centering prayer. Again, you guys are all new at this, I believe, to a degree. Be gentle, loving, compassionate, and and, uh, patient with yourself, because this can be hard. The way that Father Rohr presents this is that he was with a rabbi, and in their discussion, the rabbi shared with him that the name of God, Yahweh, seems to be the only word in Hebrew that you can say without moving your mouth. Yahweh, Yahweh. And the beauty of that, as Rohr expands on, is that the first thing you do when you come into existence is utter the name of God. And with your last breath on this planet, you will utter the name of God. And whether you know it or not, you are in relationship with the divine. You are made for union with the divine. And the reminder of that is as close as your breath. Reminding you that it is the breath that God gives humanity And life, Adam and Eve, meaning life and humanity. He breathes existence into them in the beginning. And that word for the breath is ruach. And to remind you, ruach is the same word for Holy Spirit, same word for life force and energy, the same word for breath, and the same word for wind. What a gift that we can pause in the present moment and breathe and participate in relationship with the Divine, not having to do anything other than Yah, And to reinforce one more thing, there's no Presbyterian way of breathing, there's no evangelical way of breathing, there's no Buddhist way of breathing, there's no straight or gay way of breathing, there's no Republican or Democrat way of breathing. We're all in relationship with the Divine. So, if you would join me in placing your attention on your breath. It often helps to close your eyes, but you don't have to. And can we just sit and be still? And can you breathe that with me? It's okay if your mind wanders. It's what the mind does. Just simply make note of it and come back to your breath. pay attention to the vitality, the energy, the life force that comes with the inhale... Can you notice areas maybe in your chest where there's restriction or tightness? See if doing some deep breaths, saying Yahweh. See if you can notice an opening up. If you've been raised in this tradition, you may have heard ideas or concepts or phrases about resting in the divine or resting in God or your soul finding rest in God. Are you finding that in the stillness?
1: Are you experiencing that in your breath? If you've noticed you've
0: gone again, just come back to your breath. Come back to Yahweh. Come back to the present moment. To start our psalms chant now. And when you find the rhythm, feel free to join in, please.
2: Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Dude.
0: now remember your centering prayer word and the goal is just to be present and still and open to whatever comes and when the mind gets distracted remember your intentional word and come back to the present moment and be still You may notice that you've already gone and your mind's thinking about lunch or what you're gonna do with your time off tomorrow. All great thoughts. Take the opportunity to return to the present moment, to practice returning to God. Our intention is openness and stillness in the present moment. Some of us in this room have what our Buddhist friends call the monkey mind. I'm one of them. Just catch yourself, notice when your mind is elsewhere. Remember our intention.
1: Be still and know that I am God.
0: And now I'd like to give you the resource of this mantra prayer.
1: This idea that
0: eternity is hidden in our hearts, that we are made for divine union. The imagery most often that shows up in the Old Testament the relationship between God and humanity, specifically Israel in that context, is of a bride and of a groom.
1: At your core,
0: at your center, you are made for divine union with God. And one of the stories that's passed down to us, Moses has an opportunity to interact with the divine and ask its name and he says, I am. I am. Our mantra prayer for this next few minutes, think of that moment face to face with the divine you are, I am. This prayer, as you inhale, inhale those words in your mind, you are, and as, I, as you exhale, say to yourself, I am. And find that rhythm. And our attention in this one is for your mind and your heart to stay open and curious about the pattern and rhythm of that prayer.
1: So on your inhale, you are, I am. You are, I am.
0: So every inhale, you are, every exhale I am. Before his execution, Jesus found some alone time to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane. And there he prayed these incredibly inclusive words. Father, may they be one, as I am in you and you are in me. May they also be in us
1: so that the world may believe you've sent me. You are, I am.
0: In the Gospel of John, he records it when Jesus is talking to his students, one of his final talks. And says that it's better that I leave you so that you will have access to my spirit. And he says, on that day we will see that I am in you and you are in me and we are in each other.
1: are, I am.
2: Be still. Yeah.
1: Centering prayer.
0: With our intention set on returning to the present moment, we are practicing for those times that we get swept up away in emotion. our, our egoic ways of seeing the world and so we practice the gift of returning to the present moment we can use our breath we can use a mantra we can use a word
1: and we can be still
0: Each moment that you notice you're being swept up, rejoice that you have the opportunity to acknowledge it and to return.
1: You can always return. It's in the stillness that we attune
0: ourselves to those unforced rhythms of grace.
1: Creator God,
0: maker of the universe. Forgive me for running around like I am the God in my own story. Thank you that you are as tangible as the breath. You are as near as the breath. Yahweh, thank you that your word is on my tongue. Your name is on my tongue. Union with you is our goal. Union with each other is our goal. from a centered state and grounding state of knowing who we are in you, may you increase our capacity to love you and to love others. As we make our way towards the table, and we participate at that table with you, with the cup, with the bread. May we recognize our unity with you. Would you reveal our oneness? God, thank you for this time together. It has been splendid, splendid to participate in silence, to be still with you. If I could have the ushers come up
1: for a moment. I will read a portion of the text.
0: Before I start, um, ideally staying in this grounded, centered space of receptivity, receiving from the divine, um, I would ask you to come up to the table and participate uh, whenever you feel led, as long as it doesn't take more than two hours. <laughs> so let us now, without pretense, without our egos up front, without barriers, Approach the timeless mystery made known to Christians in Jesus of Nazareth as our gateway into God. In the presence of the sacred, let us be still and at peace with ourselves, with one another, and with our God. And so in thankfulness, let us commit ourselves once again to the new ways of life shown to us by Jesus. May the wisdom that is God teach us afresh that sacrificial love is an encounter with all that is sacred, that it is giving of ourselves and service to our families, friends, and neighbors, that we are transformed so that we may become more like Jesus. As you feel led, I'd ask you to come up and participate. You don't have to do this, but I will be remembering that prayer. It's another shiny thing in my mind. What a crazy prayer that Jesus prays. Father, may they be one as I am in you and you are in me. May they also be in us so that the world may believe. Come participate in unity with God, with the Christ. do something a little off the cuff uh, I didn't plan this but after you get communion would you mind bringing it back to the table or back to your seat and holding on to it let's do that chant one more time before we partake are you guys okay with that it was really nice Ginny and uh, Ben aren't here with us today, Um, but I often think of Ginny when I find any quote or reading anything from St. Teresa of Avila. I'd like to read this to you while we wrap this up, and then we'll do our chant and take communion. Give me the grace to recollect myself in the little heaven of my soul where you have established your dwelling. There you let me find you. There I feel that you are closer to me than anywhere else. And there you prepare my soul quickly to enter into intimacy with you. Help me, O Lord, to withdraw my senses from exterior things. Make them docile to the commands of my will so that when I want to converse with you, they will retire at once, like bees shutting themselves up in the hive in order to make honey. I love this quote, after doing any kind of centering prayer or grounding, I just feel like it kind of just reminds me and seals again uh, that memory that we are made for intimacy, for union with God, that that's what we're invited
1: into. Thank you, thank you, ladies.
0: Let's try our chant. Uh, if we can do two more rounds of that,
2: and then let's let's go to the table together. Be still and know that I am God. Be still.
0: that unity amen Hmm. creator god you are the author of life you are the sustainer of life ask us to participate in it with you. May we leave this place today open to you, receptive to your spirit and to others, and in doing so, may we have opportunities to express our love for you and our love for one another, for a world that so desperately needs it. all for participating. Uh, For some, I'm sure this was a stretch. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Feel free to sit quietly. Uh, My last hope, I guess I would say, is I hope and pray that you take these tools home with you. You incorporate them into your relationship with God and with others. Amen. Blessings to you.